Hello heroes, just a quick show note for the top of this episode. Towards the end of the episode, we mention a link to patreon.com slash handbandit, which is my Patreon. That link has been updated to patreon.com slash turtlebun, which is the new collaboration that Evan and I are doing together. And we talk about that a little bit in the episode. So again, the correct link there is patreon.com slash turtle bun and i hope you check it out so it's been a while since our last full episode of design doc I don't even know how long. It's It's been a minute. And there are reasons for that. <laughs> <laughs> so two things happened at once. We got into the actual final stages of our other massive project of making custom dogs. And then there was a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So after the Good Dog, Bad Zombie Kickstarter ended, we had a bunch of these custom rewards to fulfill. Some people backed the game at a level where they were going to get a card with their dog on it to play in the game. And we didn't cap the rewards. And it ended up being a really intense project. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, like... I don't feel like at the point yet where I want to s talk about all the things that we could have done better because hindsight is twenty twenty. But needless to say, you know, we took on way too much, not realizing the problems that were going to come up with just like any time you touch a custom thing, you have to assume the, that it will take the maximum of time it can. Like you just, you have to there's no averages. You just have to assume that every single custom thing you touch will take the maximum amount of time. And in this case, multiply that by 2,000 dog cards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so as we went along with that, we got increasingly burned out until the days started blending together. And when we finally shipped them off, we woke up and looked around, and the whole world was sick. Yeah. So just to give a sense of what our like work and lives have looked like for more than a year now, um, we would wake up. We would... So basically, you know, we had... People had sent us dog photos, and the idea was that, you know, we couldn't illustrate 2,000 dog photos, so we would cut them out in Photoshop, place them on illustrated backgrounds, and then apply like a filter pass to people's dogs to make them look nice and, and make them sort of blend into the background. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't assume that every single card, for the most part, about two thirds to three quarters of the cards had problems, whether that was people not submitting actual photos, you know, submitting like a text document instead that was unopenable. <laughs> um, people, you know, sometimes people's dogs had passed away. And so it was like a an old Polaroid of a dog taken with an iPhone, then emailed to us. Uh, and, you know, that was like 
those photos have really blurry edges and were really hard to use. Sometimes it was two people, you know, or one a person uploading the same dog photo twice. And we had to email and say, hey, this looks like both of these dogs are Zoe. Can you send us the picture of Muffin or are these both Muffin? Um, and multiply that by 2000 because in this past world of ours, we wanted everybody to have these rewards and didn't say no. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So we would wake up, uh, do this dog work all day, often from like, you know, 7.30 a.m. to the night. Eventually, the project went on so long that we ran out of money to pay ourselves for any of this labor. And, you know, mm -hmm. any money that was left had to be set aside for the fulfillment and printing and shipping of these dogs. Uh, so we would work 12 hours a day. Oof, I want to like cry <laughs> saying that. Like, I'm just going to be honest that it's like hard for me to not cry right now. Uh, we would work like 12 hours a day and then uh, work at night for whatever we could scrape together to make, you know, money on the side. For you, that was like art commissions. For mm -hmm. me, that was web design. Um, and it's been the hardest year and a half of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we we were talking for so long about the fact that like this work didn't feel good and something had gone terribly wrong but every single day was this day where we still like we couldn't address that because we'd wake up to messages from backers wondering where their things were that they'd paid for and more work and like we couldn't address what our hearts and brains needed because the work just wasn't done. And then this weird thing happened at once where like one day the work was done and the world entered a pandemic and those things just happened at exactly the same time. It was a very surreal way to step out of this year and a half long tunnel. <laughs> because it did feel like tunnel vision when you were in it. It just felt like like you're just in like a Google AI image of dogs <laughs> where <laughs> everything was dogs. Like a neural network of yeah. dogs where in, in dogs walking down the street, you see a million tiny dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like fractal dogs. I mean, it really was a thing of just like seeing dogs walking and just like staring at them with dead eyes. It was... <laughs> It, I would see, I'd see people walking <laughs> dogs and I'd look at the dog and be like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you be a dog? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, and the thing about the work is that it always felt so close. Like we just couldn't get our minds around how much work was hiding in the final percentage of whatever we were doing yeah and it's not like that we're unfamiliar with that phenomenon but oh my god <laughs> i think that that's one of the things that felt the hardest about this project is that you know every time we tried to give estimates to backers we weren't we were giving estimates based on the best information we had um you know, we had even, when we got totally overwhelmed with the work, we hired an outside design company to help us cut out and filter thousands of dogs. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, you know, backers were like, where this project's late? Where is it? Where is it? And that was a year ago. And when we got the a thousand or more dogs back that this company had helped us with, pretty much every single one was unusably bad. Uh, and yep. the work just started again. And that's what we've been doing for the past year. And, you know, there's, you can't sprint forever. Uh, mm-hmm. But it wasn't an endurance project. Like we kept sprinting. Um, also right. because we're people who care, like we care about what we're doing. We care about the quality. We care about being, I mean, I care about being honest and accountable to the people who gave us their trust and their money. And we just kept sprinting. And it's, yeah, I mean, Tunnel Vision only begins to describe, like, I can't communicate the seriousness of burnout. You know, I I think it's like a word that's thrown around a lot. And it's really real. Like, I don't, I don't think it's thrown around in a flip way. But it, uh, it broke us. <laughs> I guess I should speak for myself. It, it, through this process, I came very close to like not returning <laughs> as mm-hmm. like a, as an okay, sane person excited about my work and life. It felt very evident that this was going to be a, an experience that didn't just end with the dogs, um, literally on the day where it ended, where we did send out the final dogs, they went to press, and that saga was over, and there was no feeling of triumph, there was no celebration. Like, <laughs> I remember us literally just being like, okay, that's done, and both of us going yeah. back to our own apartments. I think, yeah, we finished and we were just like, see you later, I guess. Um, <laughs> and, you know, leading up to that, there was this period of time where we were talking about all of the ways that we wanted to spend our time and live our lives after this work was done. We were like, we should take a vacation together. We should have a big party with our friends. Um oh gosh, we're so excited to work on other games. And then, you know, we got deeper and deeper into burnout and whatever was on the other side, like whatever excitement and like zest for life just got (laughs) farther and farther away uh, until we came out on the other side and the desire for those things wasn't there anymore. And, you know, it felt like even the desire to make games wasn't there anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so things are better now. <laughs> I just want to like add some, like, I want to like add yeah. some levity. I don't want to like build this suspense too much. Uh, things are better now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we're, I mean, I, <laughs> I definitely still feel it. There's a kind of raw, element to my mood and to my days and to the kind of work that I can do, where if it starts to get very close to that feeling and that kind of work, uh, it's like I just shut down. It's like I can't do it. 
Yeah. But we've been growing a different kind of work day and a different way to spend the time that's been feeling very good. Yeah. And, you know, like we said, these conversations about the fact that something needed to change if we were going to continue to produce things that we felt good about and feel good about games. It, like these conversations sort of predated this work that got so out of control because as we were talking, we started to look back and uh, like this wasn't such a unique story. Like this, this particular project was totally unique, but I had these memories of saying to friends, um, you know, while working on like our Kickstarter for 14 days, mm -hmm. oh, we're like, we're super busy and we're in crunch mode and we're doing a sprint, but like, I'd love to hang out soon, but it's just like, can't hang out yet because I'm not going to be giving you the time you deserve. And I'm going to be such a better person and such a better friend uh, when we're coming out of this and we're on the other side. And that was 2015. And <laughs> I've been saying that to people I love <laughs> Since 2015, <laughs> like, it's like, I yeah. don't know if I want to laugh or cry. <laughs> right. I guess both because I think aren't the like centers that control both very close in the brain. Right now, they are both <laughs> deeply activated <laughs> for me. <laughs> like, I'm doing a little bit of both at the same time. Um, so it's 2020 and like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Um. These past years, this project, but also the harder parts of the older projects, the role-playing games and the other Kickstarters, have involved a lot of guilt and bullying and shame around this vision of what it means to be a good worker. <laughs> yeah what it means to be productive, what it means to try hard enough. Um, to a certain extent, we're our own bosses, right? We're, we're making the decision about how we're going to spend our own time. And speaking for myself, I was the worst kind of boss. <laughs> we were real bad bosses. <laughs> I was the kind of boss who's like, you're on call 24-7, um, if you're not working, then I want you to be thinking about work. <laughs> I want you to be getting ready for work. If you need to take some time off so that you can work better, then you can do that because you're going to work after. If you need to eat so you can work, then eat. If you need to sleep, well, if it's going to let you work, then sleep. It's like everything was just funneled into this myopia. Yeah. And you, I mean, you get to this point, I mean, you know, some of this is, we have these societal messages about your worth being measured by your productivity. And I know that I really got to this point and, and this totally predates this wild roller coaster of a project. I mean, I think that uh, my whole life, to some extent, there's been this guilt that if I'm watching a movie or taking time for myself, uh, like there's this shadow hanging over me of like, but couldn't I be productive right now? Like, 
aren't I being a little selfish right now? Like, come on. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. Aren't you just being a little selfish? (laughs) So, to say something good, we, like, basically did an intervention with ourselves. And we were like, something needs to change. The way that we think about work and the way that we work needs to change. And we sat down and designed a new type of workday. And I think what has become, for me at least, like a new life philosophy. Uh, And even in designing that, we decided to take time. Like we took a few days to design it because slow and steady is is this new era. I mean, even before that, there were a couple of weeks that are, it's like, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> yes, I think a we few did weeks not passed, just jump. That, just, uh, <laughs> that uh, were, yeah. I, I honestly don't have a memory of them. <laughs> I have no memory of what my weeks were like after uh, we submitted the dogs to the printer. <laughs> I hmm. think it was, and I'm, you know, that may sort of also the fact that it overlapped with the beginning of a pandemic may totally be contributing to that. Um, yeah, no, couldn't tell you. Did I watch anything? Did I listen to music? <laughs> right? I... No idea. <laughs> so there are some void weeks. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then we, then we very tentatively said like, Let's let's start meeting to talk about what comes next. Just a few times a week. We'll start around this time. We'll see how that goes. No big expectations on what those hours produce. And it wasn't actually the plan for those first days to be about designing work days. Mm-hmm. That's just how it started like we we thought maybe we would just jump into a project right yeah i think you're right that you know we were like let's you know we're feeling a little bit better let's meet to work on starship ultralux right but we didn't yeah it's like we melded our minds (laughs) for a new type of creation it's like once we were sitting there with these hours ahead of us and feeling like we're actually in a position of control for a moment. Like there isn't a project with an outstanding commitment that is governing our, our hours. Uh, there's other pressures, obviously. It's like, gotta find rent. But compared to the dog work, this was a very open-ended moment. And it brought up the question of like, how do you you use an hour well? And how do you preserve to the extent that you're able that feeling of you choosing your hours, you willingly going into your hours rather than your hours locking you in or pulling you in? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, I mean, we started with this idea of like, we want to collaborate. You know, we've worked together for years and we like working together. 
um, let's like solidify this collaboration a little bit more and like give it a name and and give it a substance. Um, mm -hmm. So we started by coming up with the goals. Like, what do we want out of this collaboration? And the goals we came up with were really simple uh, and also very layered and complex at the same time. Oh, but yes, we have many sound, layers. <laughs> <laughs> they sound simple. Um, to make things we love making and to avoid, where possible, compromises and pressures that limit that goal. That's like, I mean, it sounds simple, but that's, that's, that's like we're getting down to fundamental questions about what, what makes a life worth living, <laughs> you yeah. know? Like what is joy and contentment? I feel like for me personally, the most important guiding principle that went into the work of designing a better kind of collaborative day was the idea that this shouldn't be a day about getting to the good days. It shouldn't be a means to an end where you do this much work, you get this much done, and that means you can have a good time later. Mm -hmm. Like the days themselves have to work on their own. They have to stand on their own as days worth living on this earth because all we have on the earth is our days. And that's actually a tall order <laughs> for a work day. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So, I mean, we started with this, you know, sort of lofty question or, or these lofty goals of uh, make the things that we're genuinely excited about and avoid the compromises and pressures that limit this goal. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the 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 cosmonautic version. Um, the more grounded version is that we like we did come up with some really practical ideas about what that workday, what a workday looks like for us in service of that goal. Um, so we started by sitting down and basically writing out some notes about like what would we like if we were not shit bosses to ourselves? <laughs> like what mm -hmm. would a good workplace look like? And not just a good workplace, like one where you're like, whoa, they have a saltwater pool and like give you a thousand dollars stipend to go do whatever the fuck you want for a few weeks of the year. Right. Cool. And I don't know, what are, what were some of the things we wrote down? Um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I think the um, first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking about like what makes a workplace appealing was like there should be good food provided. <laughs> you yeah. should be able to eat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, this one is actually the first thing that came to mind was a workday that ends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where it's like, you have an evening where there is no expectation on you. Yeah. Um, sounds beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's like, I, I feel like maybe it got like a little bit better at it when we weren't dating anymore, but I feel like, I, I don't know, that might not be true, but I feel like at least for the, you know, duration of our relationship, 
moving into then our like game design together, uh, I was just like fucking like hovering over you like the Baba Duke all the time, <laughs> like, <laughs> like like scritching outside the door, being like, "What about games?" <laughs> no, dude, I was I was my own Baba Duke. You know, you know it's like, it didn't really change. Like yeah. you open the door, and I'm like, "Games, <laughs> <laughs> draw back the covers, games." <laughs> Um, (laughs) it was like a jump scare but the jump scare was games it's like there's only only so many years you want to spend in that kind of movie (laughs) yeah well (laughs) I'm sure there's more to be said about that but um So what were some of the what things that I said? Um, uh, oh, like an ideal work environment for me is one where there is an implicit trust about how I'm using my time. Like mm-hmm. my time is not overly monitored. My I don't have a set number of breaks a day. Like I can take a break when I want. I can work at the pace that I want. I can, you know, stare off into space when I want. And like, I, as my own boss, will trust that that doesn't mean I'm like, not being productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was around this point where I was getting very excited because I've, I've been getting my own socialist education, learning about how the working days are structured in capitalism and what kind of pressures are put in them. And a big one was the intensity of labor. In other Mm -hmm. words, how much is being demanded from you out of every minute? And there's a pressure, just say from the market, from the world, to be more productive, to squeeze more out of every moment that you have. And that can get to extremely unhealthy levels. Right now, we live in a world where machines set the pace for a lot of work. And machines have a pace that's just nonstop, 24-7, go, go, go. And even if our job isn't exactly machine work, the expectations of how quickly something gets done... um how cheaply it's made, those are still carried over from this larger world of pressure to squeeze every minute, 24-7. And resisting that pressure and making time to say, like, yeah, you can look away and stare into space for a little bit and let your mind drift and relax, and then come back. The thing about that is that even if it doesn't look like you're getting the most out of every minute, you're keeping yourself healthy, you're living well, you're being kind to yourself, and that's more important. (laughs) It's like, that's got to be the baseline of what works, because if you squeeze productivity out of your quality of life, then what are you even doing? 
What's the point? Yeah. I, you know, we've been doing this work week, this new type of work week now for three weeks. Um, and we'll talk about like the specifics of what this work week looks like in our next episode. Um, but we've been doing this for about three weeks now. And at first, when we were sort of setting the norms around our work weeks, I was thinking about it in terms of time and like, all right, let's see, you know, what's, how can we break down the schedule? And we do from like from 9am to 11am this and you just kept emphasizing like this, uh, I don't know, stepping away from the idea of being controlled by the minutes and being controlled by the need to be productive, even in like a sort of narrow scope of the day. I mean, like right now we're working together three days a week. And in past times, I would want to just get like put every minute of my energy into all of those minutes and like squeeze them for what they're worth because that time feels so precious. And we've both learned that squeezing every minute out of that time is what makes it not precious. Right. The benefit that's on the other side of having a different relationship with your time and productivity is being able to feel the joy that comes from making something you love that you actually care about making um, and spending a day with people that you love and like having, you can notice what's good in life. <laughs> you have the time and space to see it and experience it. And, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that kind of love and joy and happiness will translate back to a dollar at some point and we'll still do okay. <laughs> Maybe that'll even be better than the squeezing of every bit of color out of the hours just to get the maximum amount of gray minutes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, talking about dollars also grounds us in something a little bit more tangible because, you know, we in designing this workday, we set three days a week because game design is not supporting us full-time right now, and we couldn't continue to put in full-time work and then work other jobs and take on other projects after this. So this was done sort of in the service of kindness to ourselves uh, to leave a lot of extra time to, you know, make money until the point that it does. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully it will. Maybe it won't. But the benefit of trying to stay like present and making these decisions is that we can change them. Like if we right. want to do game design one day a week, that is our that is our choice. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> are our minutes. Prerogative. <laughs> <laughs> so the specific details of how these days are constructed and how we decide what to do on a day, how projects are decided on and weighed against each other. I feel proud and excited about the solutions we've come up with. Well, we've come up with some really good solutions. 
They're just like, mm. And if yeah. you want to hear more. <laughs> but, but you're gonna have to wait until the next episode and deal with this depressing episode mm-hmm. first <laughs> do you know somebody once said as a compliment to design doc that i have powerful time what was it powerful need to take a nap energy Ooh. <laughs> oh that's good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I will say, like, with my heart that these have been some of the best weeks of the, I mean, the best weeks, hands down, of the past few years of my life, maybe even some of the best weeks of my life in terms of the things that we've worked on and the way that we've worked on them. And that just feels... so good yeah it feels so good so we sincerely hope that all of you are getting through these tough days as well yeah yeah it's hard times um you know and not everybody is in the place where like not everybody has the privilege to construct their own workday. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people out there, maybe even listening right now, are in jobs where you are still expected to work with the same like ferocity and focus uh, as when we were not in a pandemic. And now we are in a pandemic and it's bonkers. And there's there's this weird like, I don't know, fog as if the world is supposed to continue to go on as normal and people's productivity should remain unchanged and it's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) It's just junk. Um, We are in this global moment where so much work is being disrupted and changed to a different style. Um, It feels like a good time to be reevaluating what the working day is like and what room there is for improvement. Not that it's the case across the board, but with a lot of jobs, there's an opening right now to consider other ways of getting the work done. So, And if you're your own boss, that's a good place to start. (laughs) You know, we're like playing on easy mode, being our own bosses. If we can't set those norms, uh, uh, you know, things are looking pretty bleak then. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, just wanting everybody to be safe and be healthy in these weeks and in these months. Um, You know, we're around uh, but we're actually around, like we're hella around now. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to rocket us into overproductivity, but we are around in a way we have not been around for the past year. Um, so, you know, as always, if you want to email us, uh, you can email us at designdocpod at gmail.com. You can tweet to us at design doc pod did i are both of those right right are they yeah. both design doc pod yeah okay i think we ask every time yep classic yeah <laughs> uh and then i don't know do people find you on twitter evan 
Um, they can try. Uh, <laughs> a good starting point would be going to twitter.com slash a drawn novel. And I am on Twitter at handbandit. And uh, I've been trying to spend a little less time on Twitter. I've sort of shifted to Instagram these days, which I, you know, I think there's this idea that Instagram's supposed to make you feel worse. But honestly, I must have curated my follows pretty nicely because it's like cookies <laughs> and great British baking show and like really dope art. So, you know, all that I really do there is like fan art of uh, Midnight Gospel and like p mountains, <laughs> fan art of mountains. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and it, uh, Hand Bandit is where that's... Wait, no, I. you know what? I actually think that Hand Bandit was taken on Instagram. I think that my Instagram handle is like Damn the Hand. Damn the Hand. That sounds Damn right. Damn the Hand. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think I looked up Hand Bandit and I was like, who are you? <laughs> um, also, if you're uh, interested in the workday conversation we are releasing some of that information through your patreon yes yeah so um we are making a a big change to my patreon in the next few weeks um which is at patreon.com slash handbandit and we're sort of codifying this work that we're doing together and relaunching the patreon to include both of us uh, I won't say too much about it now, but it's going to be super awesome. And I'm so happy to have you on board, Evan. <laughs> I just like <laughs> you, you are my collaborator. Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> and I'm really, really happy about the work that we're doing together. I'm pleased as punch. Uh, so yeah, if you want to back the Patreon, you'll be sort of first in the door for seeing some of the changes that we launch in the next few weeks because they're going to be awesome. The Design Doc intro-outro theme was written by our friend, musician Pat King. Thanks, Pat. Design Doc is part of the One Shot Podcast Network, one of those shows is Arms of the Tide. Arms of the Tide is an actual play podcast about fighting for what's right in an original, magitechnological world on the brink of catastrophe using the mutants in the night system. Join Quinn, Joe, Chanel, and John and revel in the laughs and gasp at the drama while the only things standing against the apocalypse are a robot with a fondness for stray cats, a wolf made of living plants with a bad case of depression, and a private eye who's so done with all of this. I identify with that wolf made of living plants with a bad case of depression. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a big mood in the past few months. Uh, so yeah, check out Arms of the Tide, uh, support the One Shot Podcast Network, and you know, seek out creators right now who may need a little extra help. Um, I think that art is beautiful and important and I don't want it to go away <laughs> in the midst of a pandemic. So if you can and you feel like you are in a really stable place in your life and you have money to spare, send it right now to people who could use it, who are making beautiful things. So with that, 
maybe we'll actually be back in a few weeks instead of a few months. Like we may be seeing a shift right now, but I feel like I don't want to jinx it. We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon, heroes. Heroes. <laughs> 